0: Another reason I love real estate so much is like one of those things like you get what you put in, like, you know what I mean? You don't have set hours. It depends what company you go with. I mean, some companies require different things, but like you don't have specific things that you have to do every single day. It's it's, you get what you put in. So you can wake up in the morning and you can get all your stuff done and you can hustle throughout the day and you can make a ton of money or, you know, you can do the bare minimum and make no money. And I kind of think that tied into a little bit with athletics and what I was used to in terms of it's not gonna be handed to you, you got you gotta get what you put in you know it, it, you're you're gonna make as much money as much as you work you know I see that all the time with like different realtors and stuff like that and I think if you're you have an athletic background I think a lot of those people understand it more and they do a lot better because it's, it's easy to get caught up when you wake up every single day and you're like oh well I can just take today off or, or do this and you know maybe only sell one or two or homes a month or something like that versus if you're really hustling every single day like like right now, my team is closing probably, I'd say, seven, eight deals a week now. Just me alone, you know, since January, I've sold 54 homes now. And uh, I just hired two agents. We're about to hire three more. So we're really booming right now and hope to expand and be one of the biggest teams in Central Pennsylvania here in, in a year or so. This is Christian Leser, former college football player and founder of the Leser Realty Group. You're listening to the Heads and Tails podcast. Welcome back to
1: the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Somm, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. This week, I have a, a follow up guest from about six years ago, Christian Leser, who is a former Boston College and University of Central Florida football player. Uh, he's also the founder of Leser Realty Group, and he was named Berkshire Hathaway's top new agent and an honor society recipient most recently. And uh, he was formally on the podcast in November of 2015. And I I was just telling Christian, I like, I listened back to that episode. I was like, oh man, I was so bad at interviewing back then, but luckily I've, I've gotten better. And today we're going to talk about the role that real estate has played in his transformation to life after football. So Christian, last time we talked, I think you had just retired from football at Boston College after sustaining your fifth concussion. Uh, I think you were thinking about playing baseball. So can you just bring us up to speed of what, what you've been up to over the last six
0: years? Yeah, so I feel like I've been kind of all over. So really, after I stopped playing football at Boston College, I uh, uh, tried to play baseball and um, trained for like four months to play baseball, went to walk on, actually made the team as a walk-on. And then I had to like jump through all these hurdles to get cleared to play baseball there, which I didn't anticipate was going to happen because I thought, it, you know, for whatever reason, Boston College considered baseball a contact sport. So like went through everything and they wouldn't allow me to play baseball either. So then I went to see uh, Dr. Neil McGrath over at uh, Harvard. And uh, he's actually the head of the NFL or was the head of of the NFL head, neck and spine committee. So did a bunch of testing with him and spent like two months with him doing a bunch of stuff. And he actually cleared me to play contact sports again. So originally, I was going to play baseball somewhere else. like I was going to transfer and play like, I don't know, like Division II baseball, like somewhere like Slippery Rock or, or somewhere like in this area. And then some of the other schools reached out to me. Um, about playing football again like cause I knew that they were GAs other places just kind of talked to him briefly um, I said University of Arizona and Central Florida and kind of got a concert with them and then I decided I, w- I was going to try to play football again because I was like just in the time where like there's a couple other people like I saw that were like you know had the same type of issues and then transferred to play other places so kind of looked into that and, and that's what I ended up doing and I was going to go to University of Arizona and play there and then like probably like two weeks before one of, uh, central Florida's GMs, like, Oh, come down for a visit and or not, or, a uh, uh, graduate assistance. And then GA's and asked me to come down for a visit. And I did and met with coach Frost and everything. And they offered me a scholarship. So, uh, I transferred there this time. Like I'd never heard of UCF really. Cause they were 0 and 12 the year before. So yeah, I was just like, Oh, it seems like a fun school. Like seems nice area. So went down there, Loved the visit. It was awesome. And then I, uh, um, Committed there, and then transferred there to play.
1: So, did you say it was Doctor McGrath?
0: Yeah. So,
1: what was it about? Like, what you were experiencing? Like, why did he clear you to play? Like, what,
0: what about your symptoms? Did they go away or what? Like, I'm not sure. I just did pretty much everything. Like the because I wasn't even like trying to play a real contact sport again at the time. You know, it's like more so like just baseball. And like I did whatever all the testing they had me do. Like, gosh, I don't even remember some of the stuff. But I mean, it was pretty extensive like a bunch of the testing and stuff like that and at the end he just was like look he's like I think that you know it's kind of a personal decision it's up to you he said I think you you can play again he's like there are risks in doing that and he's like that's kind of up to you to decide what you want to do moving forward but he said I think that you can try to play a contact sport again if that's what you want to do but you just have to understand the risks and everything with it but I'm not going to like prevent you from doing that or say that you can't do that so at that time, I kind of thought, I was like, well, I still kind of, you know, because I started to feel better. And I was like, oh, I feel pretty good. Like, because I wanted to still play, like my body was still good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like I still had a lot left in the tank. And then that's kind of why I decided to go that route. And then, unfortunately, when I went to UCF, transferred there, redshirted my first year. Because that was the last year the Division One and Division One transfer rules where you had to sit out a year. And I didn't redshirt when I was at Boston College. So I used my redshirt year that year. Then the next year was the year that we went thirteen zero and won, beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. But during camp that year, I had another concussion, and that one really wasn't bad. Like I was okay, but they kind of just shut everything down for me at that point. they were like, "Yeah, that's it." So that, that's kind of what ended up happening when I went there. So you didn't
1: end up really playing much after that concussion. Oh uh, no, I, they shut it down. Like I was done.
0: Oh really? Because like going yeah. into yeah, like I, like I, that was one that was like. I mean, yeah, it's like disappointing because I I felt like I really could have played. Like, I I was okay, but like, there was just like there because of everything that happened beforehand and transfer there, they were like, it's just too much of a risk. So, kind of got the axe on everything, but it's kind of sucked because I like I felt like I could still play. I felt good and everything. It was just kind of this situation, but I understand. And honestly, it's probably like in the long term, it's probably a good thing, but you know, that's kind of what I ran into.
1: Yeah, in the moment, it was a tough pill to swallow, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So when you were at Boston College, you were playing safety, right? Correct. Yeah. And then they switched you to inside linebacker. Yeah. Which to me, it's like, if you're trying to avoid concussions, like that <laughs> probably wouldn't have been my move, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, UCF was awesome. I loved every second of UCF. I think UCF's the way, what they, this scheme they did defensively really probably didn't fit me as much. You know what I mean? Like at Boston College, like I played more of a rover, which was like like in Coach Don Brown's defense, which is kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety. Where you know I'm a little bit undersized, like I'm a little bit bigger for a safety, but a little smaller for a linebacker. So that was like kind of perfect for me, where like I was kind of out in space, didn't have to do a ton of man to man. UCF safeties were like man to man most of the time, and then uh, so that, that wasn't like my specialty there. But also when I went there, that was probably the best fit for me in their defense. Was middle linebacker decided to put on like 30-something pounds and everything. It's just... I didn't feel the best doing that, but, you know, it was what it was and then, you know, but I guess everything happens for a reason. I'm here now, so...
1: Yeah, do what you gotta do, man. Mm -hmm.
0: So, after that concussion that you suffered at uh, central
1: florida you said you still kind of felt fine afterwards but like were you still like a part of the team like going forward
0: like actually oh, yeah, before you yeah, graduated so game on the sidelines it was it was awesome it was actually pretty cool to experience that from like a different perspective because i was at every game on the sidelines you know with my teammates and everything the, from you know winning the aac championship to going to the peach bowl against auburn in the uh, mercedes-benz superdome there in atlanta it was really really cool really cool experience that i wouldn't trade for anything
1: how did you kind of like uh, avoid the FOMO or like
0: feeling like you're missing out? Like well, I-, I did all the time. Like there there were sometimes, you know, you know it's just like, you know, kind of human nature. You'd be at practice you're like, damn, like, well, I'm glad I'm not out there doing that today, like during conditioning drills. But then there was like other times, you know, like during the AAC championship game, during pregame, then after the game and in, in different moments, I was like, damn, like I really, really wish I was out there. At least had an opportunity to be out there. You know what I mean? And then, but, you know, it's just something I had to get used to.
1: So, did you have like more, a lot more free time at this point in time? And if so, like once you basically was decided that you weren't going to play football anymore, but still be a part of the team, did you shift your time towards other things? Obviously, there's school, but like what other interests did you have at the time that you kind of started to pursue because you had more time without football?
0: Yeah, that was really the first kind of time for me in years it was like a different experience like a real college experience then at that point because obviously I you know I still had obligations with football to like be at practice and you know even though I wasn't doing anything you know I was just kind of like there just hanging out with the the guys and and in meetings and uh uh, you know at the games but yeah I had so much free time like I didn't like have workouts to do anymore I didn't have the afternoon meetings you know and different things like that because I really went to the facility like kind of in the morning and did all that stuff and then obviously you know whatever we had throughout the week and then team meals and stuff like that. But, but other than that, I mean, it was so much free time. Cause I mean, you know, when I played, I mean, you got to like have school class, like workouts, school, class, or I'm sorry, that's the same thing, but class. And then you go back for meetings then you have another workout and then, you know, whatever team obligation they have for that night, whether it be a speaker come in or something like that. Like a lot of that stuff, like, was a little more lax for me at the time like i didn't go to like some of the stuff in the afternoon so i had a lot more free time and during that time i kind of really focused on like some things that i wanted to do like you know i started working out but like not to the extent of like what the team workouts were anymore i lost a lot of weight like i think i think when i stopped playing i was like 238 pounds and i went down like 195 so lost a ton of weight (laughs) yeah that was like my first focus of like when i stopped playing was just to lose all that weight because I didn't feel good. I don't think my body was meant to carry that uh, uh, that much extra weight. And then I just kind of just like, uh, I got into uh, just kind of like reading a lot and different things. Th- there wasn't really anything in particular that I did like after I stopped playing. It was just kind of like that free time to be able to do some things that I wanted or, or relax.
1: Before we kind of move away from the football stuff, I forgot to ask you, did you go into Central Florida like when you were still playing before the concussion? did you like approach the game any differently? Like knowing that you had these concussions or so you're like, eh, maybe like I'm not going to stick my face in there or
0: maybe I'm going to, I don't know. Yeah. I think that that was always in the back of my mind, but like once they threw me in a middle linebacker, you don't really have, you don't even have that time to react. When you have like a division one running back running at you through the hole, like it's, so no, like I kind of had, honestly, if, if anything, like I kind of had to be more aggressive and, and, and change things in terms of that perspective, because it's a completely different position. Yeah. It's like a killer be killed. Uh, position yeah. Like, yeah for sure. you're <laughs> on your heels and middle linebacker, you're going to get crushed. Yeah.
1: You'll get a concussion a different way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you end up getting your degree in at
0: uh, Central Florida? So I was a double major at Boston College. I majored in uh, communications psychology. When I went to University of Central Florida, there's, I forget what it even was, but there was some weird thing, but I ended up switching to interdisciplinary studies. because so that was like where the the degree where most of my transfer credits transferred over. So I got a degree in interdisciplinary studies, which is pretty much just like a broad degree, like a little mix of everything there. And then um after I graduated, I uh, went and worked at a, one of my dad. My dad is a pretty big company and I went and worked at one of his stores in uh, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which for people that aren't familiar with Pennsylvania, it's like kind of outside of Philadelphia. So I worked there for two years and it just really wasn't like what I wanted to do. You know it's like a, like a 6.30 a.m. to like 5 p.m. job every day, just like in an office or going out and doing things and construction type work. Just really didn't like it, and after two years, I decided I was going to get my real estate license because I always like saw some of my friends. I saw some of the people that like I, uh, I played football with, like got their real estate license, and and uh, they did pretty well with it. Like, and I talked to them, and they're like, "Oh, I love it! Like, you got to look into this," and and that's what I did. So I got my license. Uh, it's really easy to get your real estate license, it's really really hard to like make money once you have your license, and and you know because there's a difference between selling like six homes a year versus you know selling forty or fifty. So got my real estate license, kind of hit the ground running off. I got into the real estate like at the right time too when the market was just blowing up and it still is. And haven't really looked back since then. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah, it's that's super interesting. So basically you just saw other Former teammates having success in that uh, industry, and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a give it a shot. So you said it's easy to get your real estate license, not so easy to like make a, a living off of it. So what do you credit to your success? I know I read this one story on your um, Instagram page about. Something like you you rallied up some friends, you like painted a house because oh, it was yeah. <laughs> yeah, to close the next day or something. Like it was like a contingency. So, I mean, obviously you're a hustler, but uh, what do you
0: think led to your success? You've only been doing it for a year and a half or so or what? Gosh, I mean, there's so many different things. That's why like when I first got into real estate, like I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And it's not hard, but there's so many things that go into it. Like, for example, like the story that you're talking about that I was explaining, you know, what happened there is because there's different loan types. You know, for example, like FHA, VA have different requirements than, you know, whether it be conventional or something like that, you know. And a lot of what I deal with predominantly around in this particular area, I mean, other than like conventional, but most of the time I say it's FHA. But uh, yeah, some of the in order for some of those loans to go through, like they have to be, have requirements met. And what happened was this: this guy was older, and he like couldn't do all this painting and stuff like that. And in order to meet the timelines, you know, we had to go out and do it ourselves because there was a trickle effect down the line. Like if this deal didn't close tomorrow, then these people couldn't buy their next house, and then that seller couldn't buy their next house. And I was representing all of them down the line, so kind of we had to take it upon ourselves and go out there and scrape paint off window seals and repaint them looked absolutely terrible. (laughs) Didn't didn't look good by any stretch, but, but, you know, we had to do what we, we had to do to get the loan done. And, and, uh, we closed the next day and then, you know, we had three closings in a row there. So it was, it was, it was a good day.
1: So can you give, uh, say we're talking to, you know, guys or gals who are finishing their athletic careers and thinking about getting into
0: real estate, like what's your advice to them going forward from that point? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just an awesome, awesome career to get into. I mean, it, the re- another reason I love real estate so much is like one of those things like you get what you put in. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have set hours. It depends what company you go with. I mean, some companies require different things, but like, you know, you don't have set hours. You don't have specific things you have to do every single day. It's, it's you get what you put in. So you can wake up in the morning and you can get all your stuff done and you can hustle throughout the day and you can make a ton of money or, you know, you can do the bare minimum and make no money. And I kind of think that tied into a little bit with athletics and what I was used to in terms of it's not going to be handed to you. You got you to gotta get what you put in. You know, it, it, you're you're going to make as much money as much as you work. You know, I see that all the time with like different realtors and stuff like that. And I think if, you're, if you have an athletic background, I think a lot of those people understand it more and they do a lot better cuz it's it's easy to get caught up when you wake up every single day and you're like oh well I can just take today off or or do this and you know maybe only sell one or two or homes a month or something like that versus if you're really hustling every single day like like right now my team is closing probably I'd say 7 8 deals a week now just me alone you know since January I've sold 54 homes now and uh I just hired two agents. We're about to hire three more, so we're really booming right now and hope to expand and be one of the biggest teams in central Pennsylvania here in in a year or so. That's
1: amazing, dude. And in such a short period of time and it's I think it's a credit to your hustle and, and probably leadership. So tell us a little bit more about uh the lesser Realty Group that you you started.
0: Did you hire athletes too or actually, yeah. So I had they're not uh so I just hired one guy. His name's Tyler Noel. He just played. Uh, he just finished up playing professional baseball. We have Kerrigan Varys, who, uh who is a former athlete. She played softball, and then uh, Andrew Starr, who's a former athlete. He played. Um, I want to say he played baseball in college. I think I'd have to ask him again. But he played. I think like Division Two or Divi- maybe it's Division Three baseball. So all of them did have an athletic background. They're all younger guys that, you know, kind of are, and girls that are, you know, motivated. I thought that kind of did well with uh, like social media type stuff because social media right now in real estate is like where it's at, like pretty much like 85 to 90% of what I do is via Facebook, which is insane because most of the buyers are are on Facebook and everything like that. But that's kind of a different story. But yeah, I kind of had like a, a mindset of like what I wanted from, you know, the agents on my team to be very motivated to be. Not to say younger, because it doesn't matter if they were old or young, but kind of had that same vision of being good with social media, you know, being motivated, being able to speak well, you know, being charismatic and all that stuff. And those are kind of the agents that I that I hired. And we have a, a couple more we're going to hire as well. So I'm pretty excited about it. And, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to be able to start my team, like start my own real estate team, my second year in the business is, you know, was an opportunity I'm very thankful for. The Berkshire Hathaway allowed me to to go that route also kind of was in at the right time because they, I think they're just now starting to where um, in order to start a team in Pennsylvania, you have to have your associate broker's license. And I, I know that they were talking about that before COVID. And, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to jump on it now. So i could kind of be grandfathered in before, you know, anything happened. Because starting your team was real. It's, it's like not an easy thing to do. Like I kind of just thought was like, oh, like I'll start my own team. And but there's a lot more that goes into it, you know, because now like they have to look to me for everything. And you know, I have to provide marketing and, and, and different things as well as, as making sure everybody's doing the right thing and staying on track. And It's been awesome so far. It's going really, really well. But there was definitely some adjustments that had to be made there in the beginning. And just really thankful for the opportunity to be able to start my own team, though, in the, my second year in the real estate industry. So it's like Leser
1: Realty Group under Berkshire Hathaway?
0: Correct. Real estate is like kind of like franchises, like Domino's or Pizza Hut is kind of how I explain it like a lot of them are like, there's a lot of real estate companies like under the kind of the same branch, but some of them are individually ran and operated. Now our office in Leser Realty Group, like we're just going to be in a, like a satellite office on Clearfield for the time being, because to actually run the office and operate the office alone, you do have to have your broker's license. And I don't have my broker's license yet. I have to have my real estate license in Pennsylvania for two years before I can sit for the broker's exam. So I'm I'm getting there pretty close. So I'm I'm definitely going to do that at the end of hopefully this year or beginning of next. And then I'll be able to do that. But right now, we're just kind of less a realty group that I run and operate under the Berkshire Hathaway head.
1: Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, how does a Berkshire Hathaway become a Berkshire Hathaway and, like, not be under someone else?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just the way I would explain it is just kind of like how franchises work. You know, like, it's like Domino's or Pizza Hut, and even, there's like a Domino's and, You know, New Jersey or or some town in New Jersey or something like that. And it's just, you know, individually owned and operated, but it's under the the guise of Berkshire or uh, Domino's. That's exactly how real estate is. Because once you have your broker's license, then I can go out and start my own company that's not under Berkshire Hathaway. Then I could have, you know, Leser Realty Group, just Leser Realty. And, but because I don't have my broker's license yet, I have to be under the broker of the brokerage of Berkshire Hathaway. So I guess that's probably a better way to explain that.
1: Yeah. That was my question for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I have to have my broker's license first before I can do my own thing aside from Berkshire Hathaway. But Berkshire Hathaway has been so good to me. I'll probably only get my associate broker's license to stay under them. Because if, if you have your own thing, I mean, there's so much expense that goes into it. And that kind of the reason I wanted to stick with Berkshire or a different company is because like, you're, you're kind of under that head there and uh, they take care of everything.
1: So you graduated from uh, UCF in what year?
0: 2018.
1: 2018. So it's been three years. So explain that three year time frame. Like what was your, everyone calls it the transition to life after sports. I call it the transformation because I feel like if you just transition, then you're kind of just like sitting there waiting for something to like happen versus transforming. You're out there, you're doing something, you're selling houses. You're doing something to transform your life. So what has that those three years been like? And when did it turn from a transition and turn back into a transformation? And where are you at today?
0: Yeah. I mean, there was so much like ups and downs that went into it. So actually, I'll start from the beginning. So when I graduated UC because I did a couple other things actually in between there before I got my real estate license. So... I um, graduated from UCF and then immediately like knew like had some job offers like because I applied different places and uh, decided to go and work for my dad's company kind of outside of Philadelphia. There worked there for about two years and I remember every single day I was like I hate this like it's so, like I gave it like the good try like you know what I mean. I was there for like a year and well, I was really there for two years, but like I, after a year I was like started to be like I, I I can't do this for the rest of my life. So then I I, I decided to leave there left that. And then I actually, you know, kind of had a gap for a little bit. Um, knew I want to do real estate license, but I actually, during this, this period when I was getting my real estate license, I works, worked as a substitute teacher at my, my, uh, the high school I grew up at and then the kind of the surrounding areas. So that was kind of fun. It was different. Then for a little bit, I was like, well, maybe I want to go back and get my master's degree and get into teaching because I was a volunteer football coach at the high school during that, that period. And then, um, I really did like that. I mean, that was fun. That was something I, was, I I really liked doing every single day. But then I ended up getting my real estate license after that and then kind of jumped into that. And then it really ever since I got my real estate license and kind of closed my first deal, I haven't even looked back. It's just fun. I mean, you make your own hours, you do your own thing. I mean, you get what you put in. You know, you can either make like a million dollars a year or zero dollars a year, just depending on how hard you work. So you know, I really, really like it though, so far though.
1: So that's interesting you say that because I a lot of athletes that I interviewed, they're kind of jumping around, like feeling things out, seeing what they like, and then something eventually sticks. So what advice would you give to athletes that are in that transition phase to get to the transformation?
0: Is it just trying a bunch of different things or... I would say, like, just, just find, like, a couple things that you like. Like, you just want to make sure what you're doing is something that you can grow in and, and then, you know, really enjoy, though, too. That's the most important part because, like, you know, my the job that I worked at originally when I first left college was a really good job. I mean, I made good money, but I just, I just hated it. You know, I didn't like that, like constraint of like this 6am till 5pm every single day in an office, like sometimes leaving, you know, it's every single day. It was like Groundhog Day, you know, five days a week, sometimes six days a week if I had to go in on Saturdays. And I just imagine myself doing that 52 weeks a year for the rest of my life. And I was just like, ah, I don't know if I can do this. So that's kind of you know why why I decided to to leave that, but that that's what I would just say is just kind of you know go off your passions, what you like to do, find something you really like to do, and and find out what you're good at and stick with it.
1: In that job that was working for your dad's company, when you went there every day, did you feel like you were like learning
0: things or were challenged? Or I definitely was learning things. I mean, because there was something like new every single day, but I didn't feel like. I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I didn't feel uh, maybe challenged to the point of like, like, for example, like the thing why I wanted to switch jobs and wanted to get into real estate is I always wanted a job where like, it doesn't matter, you know, you get what you put in and kind of with my dad's company when I was there, it didn't matter if I was the absolute best at what I did, you know, or the worst at what I did. I mean, if you're the worst way you do, you're probably gonna get fired, but you know, the best of what you do or towards the bottom of what you do, you're getting paid the same. Now there's like incentives and stuff there, but I'm just saying overall, like that type of job, like, you know, I wanted something that like, you know, if I did really well, if I put in extra work, if I did so much more then I would kind of, you know, see the benefits of that and kind of reap the rewards of that. You know what I mean? Versus like, for example, like when I was going to be a teacher or like thought about, you know, getting into teaching for a little bit. Like I kind of saw that like, you know, it didn't matter if you're the absolute best or the worst, like you're still getting paid the same, you have the same hours, you have the same day. It's, you know, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. And that's kind of why I didn't want to go that route. And then that's also really why I wanted to get into real estate because I always wanted a job where, you know, there's I make my own hours, I do my own thing and you make as much as you put in. And I actually, I love doing it. I mean, it's fun. Like there's no, you know what I mean? It's stressful at times, but it's it's like challenge. Like every single day is challenging. I mean, every single day I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be an easy day. And then by like, you know, 8.30 in the morning, 10 in the morning, like there's like 10 calls that are like, oh, this needs done. This I need this in by 4 p.m. I need this by 6. We need this to be able to close tomorrow. Oh, this deal might fall through. You got to figure something out here. I mean, it's just a constant like challenge every single day and I love it.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that, that's a good piece of advice for athletes who are listening to this in that maybe look for something where there is incentive, you know, to like, to get after it versus, yeah, show up and do nothing or show up and kill it and nothing will really be different. You know, that's, yeah. that's not and the athlete not mentality.
0: Yeah. You are too. I mean, assuming most athletes kind of have that competitive nature and that competitive background, you know, so I would assume most people on that Kind of end would be kind of in that similar category there, but you know it really depends on what you like. I mean if you're the type of person that likes to go in every day and have the same routine and do the same thing, and you get to leave at five p m and that's it for the rest of the day, then you know then maybe that type of job is good for you. but if you want something more than that and you want to be able to kind of make your own hours do your own thing and and you know get what you put in then then obviously a, a career like real estate or something else is is going to be more beneficial for you
1: so you have a couple of brothers too that are athletes. So have you given them any like tips on like preparing for life after football or after their sports over, like while they're playing or just based
0: off of your own experiences? Oh yeah. I mean, so many different things from playing to, you know, after football, but my middle brother, Ryan, he just graduated from Western Michigan. He played wide receiver. There was a scholarship athlete there under coach Fleck initially. No, he was with, um, gosh, who is that? Whoever their head coach is now. I don't even remember his name. But no, it was, there was the coach right after P.J. Flack. He actually just graduated. He's moving to Tampa Bay, Florida and working at commercial real estate firm, Marcus Milhap. So he's getting into real estate kind of on a bigger scale in commercial. And then my youngest brother, Jake, had about four to five Division I offers out of high school. And then he decided that he's going to the Hunt School in Princeton, New Jersey next year. So he's, he's going to go to the Hunt School next year for a year of prep school to better prepare himself ac- academically and athletically before kind of moving on to the collegiate level there.
1: What advice did you give them, like,
0: football-wise? Like, anything in relation to, like, staying healthy and stuff? They all play different positions. Like, Ryan and Jake play receiver. So, it was a little bit different than kind of what I was used to. You know, they, they do things kind of a little bit differently than I did. So, they kind of just followed, you know, my footsteps and learned, you know, what to do, what not to do. Ryan probably gives Jake more advice than I do because, like, I don't know some of the things, like, receiver-wise. Like, if I try to tell Jake something, he's probably like, oh, shut up, <laughs> you know, versus Ryan actually was a Division One receiver, who you know, before him. So, probably takes Ryan's advice a little more than me. But, you know, definitely in terms of, like, life outside of football and stuff like that, you know, I can definitely help them with that transition and stuff because I've been through it.
1: Right. Have you given them any
0: specifics on that or kind of wait until they're done? Well, Ryan, you know, because he just graduated actually just recently. You know, his thing was, you know, he didn't know what he wanted to do originally. You know, he didn't want to know if he wanted to come back and, you know, work for my dad's company just to kind of start out for a little bit or anything like that. And I was like, Ryan, I was like, I'm telling you right now. I was like, because Ryan's even more like, competitive than I am in certain things. So I was like, you're going to want to do your own thing. And so he, uh, you know, kind of searched around. He he liked real estate because he, he came with me a little bit and I kind of showed him like how some things work and he he loved it. So um, that's why he, he uh, interviewed a bunch of different places and, and got a job at Marks and Milhap commercial real estate fir- firm in uh, Tampa, Florida. So he's going to move down there. And, and I think he starts like at the end of August. So he, he's pretty excited about that. That's a, that's a different animal. though commercial, commercial and residential are completely different. I'm licensed to do both residential and commercial, but it's a lot different in central Pennsylvania versus like if you're in like an actual city.
1: I have a buddy that does commercial real estate too. And yeah, he, he makes it seem like it's like a different beast for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's way different than commercial. I mean, here it's a little bit similar because I'm in central PA. So there's like some smaller scale stuff. I mean, commercial, but you're not dealing, dealing with like a, a skyscraper, like a a $40 million building. You know what I mean? Right. So your dad's company, he started that from from scratch? So it was his grandfather's. He immigrated here from Italy. I'm sorry. His father immigrated here from Italy. It was like really just like a small like farm type store, like equipment type store um, in Kermansville, Pennsylvania, and then expanded really, really quick. And really, I think when my dad took over, they only had a couple stores. I think they had like, you know, four or five. And now they have 14 retail locations, three door manufacturing facilities, uh, one trust plant, one kitchen and bath design center. So they're pretty big now. I think they were actually the 36 largest lumber company in the world at one point. And that was just last year. So they they're doing really really well right now
1: yeah so you guys have like an ex- had an example to follow in like a guy who hustles and uh oh yeah
0: yeah <laughs> kind of yeah, does he's his, own, his own thing. doing this or that and putting that in extra work and doing different things and uh like when I started working at his company like I, I started out for like the first six months I worked at the trust plant that I worked in the yard um before I even moved into the office so I really started to kind of you know with the manual labor type jobs before I got to move into the office but I mean it was it was rough. I mean, you know, because the, the trust plan hours I think I was it was like uh what was it? It was three thirty in the morning till three in the afternoon. They were twelve hours. Or I'm sorry, no, it was ten it was a ten hour shift, so whatever that would be. So maybe it was uh whatever that would be though. But it was it was rough. Like it sucked. Like I hated every second of it.
1: <laughs> did your dad give you any advice? Like what what did he say when you said like
0: ah, dad, I think I wanna like go do real estate? Uh, he, he was really cool about it. He was really understanding. He, he was like, you know, the reason he put us in those positions at first were like, hey, you know, this is just like what you got to do to start out and learn the ropes. And, you know, I want you to learn like every step of the way from the ground up and different things. But after a while, I was just like, gosh, like, I don't I don't know if I can. It, was just, it wasn't like the job. It was just the industry. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a slow moving old school type industry and like building materials and construction. And It was just something that like I really just didn't kind of want to do anymore. And he was really, really cool about the transition. He was like, "Hey, you have to do what's best for you." He's like, "I completely understand that." And yeah, he was really, really cool about it. And he was really supportive about it too. You know, so he he does a ton of. Uh, it, actually, one of the reasons I got into real estate too is because I always had an interest in real estate. Because he has a really, really big commercial development company. It's actually bigger than Leser Lumber, but he does, he does all sorts of real estate. Most, most, it's almost all commercial. Like he does like, um, residential units and like student housing and condos and stuff like that. I always kind of always drove with them to different places. And, um, you know, I have always had an interest in that, but I mean, that's like kind of down the road. That's kind of what I want to get to, but you know, I'm in a very early stages of, of doing this, but that's also commercial side too. I am licensed to do commercial, but I have not done any deals with my dad yet. I hope to someday. I hope to someday, but we're not on that scale yet. So,
1: yeah, that's cool, man. It's cool to hear about kind of your, your dad's background and how it influenced you guys and stuff. And makes a lot of sense actually now. So, yeah, so as we uh, wrap up the, the interview here, I asked all my guests, I don't even remember if I asked you this six years ago, but what's your definition of toughness and has it changed since the last time we spoke six
0: years ago? You know, when I think about toughness, like, I think there's like, you know, there's like football toughness and then life toughness. You know what I mean? I think they do kind of tie in together, but I also think they're separate at the same time. Like, I think like when I was playing football, I think toughness is like, you know, you can get drilled and fall down and get crushed on a play and get back up and and be okay and, and make a play the next play. Versus like now, I think it's kind of more of like mental type toughness you know what I mean? And being able to handle different things and kind of figure out the adjustments and be able to move forward. Like, for example, in real estate, like toughness to me is like, you know, that perseverance, like every single day, like I'm stressed to the max, you know, there's, there's a billion things that I have to figure out. You know, there's some things that don't always go my way, but I kind of have to do damage control and, and be able to make the most of the situation to me, like that's toughness now. And I think, you know, it's different than what the toughness I, I originally thought, like when I played. But um I also think they kind of build off each other too. Like if I wouldn't have went through that that kind of the football and, and the meetings and the and the workouts and, you know, the the football and all that stuff, I, I don't think that I would have been at this point today and I certainly wouldn't have been as successful as I am right now without going through that. So I do think that there's a tie between all of that. I just think it's kind of a little bit different now where it's more mental than it was than it what is all mental now. It's not physical, you know. But I, I definitely think that kind of has changed my definition of toughness a little bit.
1: Yeah, man. Toughness is scraping paint off of walls at whatever time in the middle of the night
0: so yeah. you can close the next day, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to do that for four hours of my night, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So but we got the deal done. That's toughness,
1: man. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming back on and giving us an update on how you're doing and what you're up to and giving a little bit or shining some light into the world of real estate for athletes to see if that's something they want to dip their toes in. Actually, you probably can't dip your toe and you probably got to go all in. But, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: well, that, that was a big thing too. If you're going to do real estate, you can't do it part-time. Like if you actually want to make money, you got to be full-time. You got to go all in. Also good advice. I'm glad I, I said yeah. that thing. <laughs> all right, brother. I, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, man. I hope all is well.